Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the big news over the last couple of days, the Bears are now negotiating with Naperville, or as Ke- Kevin Fishbane put it, Naperville. Uh, that's actually a pretty good joke. But here's my thing. The, this, the song and dance of getting stadiums built always involves some sort of like, ah, we're, we could possibly put this stadium in Aurora or Oswego or a sandwich, or Newark, or whatever it is. But the Bears have committed to buying land in Arlington Heights, and that is where the stadium is going to go. And it reminds me of when the Rams, when Stan Kroenke had bought the land in Inglewood and was trying to tell everybody, like, I'm not necessarily going to build a stadium there, even though this plot of land was approved for a stadium 20 years ago. The fact of the matter remains, this is all part of the song and dance. At some point, they will be breaking ground on a brand new stadium for Arlington Heights, Illinois. They're not going to Naperville. They're not staying at Soldier Field. They definitely will be building that stadium. It's just a song and dance, and some deals are going to be cut. Listen, if you learned anything from what is happening with Live Golf and PGA and the PGA, uh, it all comes down to money, and it's a song and dance. And you guys can sit there and go through the motions, but we know eventually this stadium is going to be built in Arlington Heights. So it's cool. I understand people are panicking. I know you're going to probably want to ask a question about it. There's the answer, but we'll address it later because we got a great show. Mikey Beardown Cuz is going to be with us. So you know what? Enough of my stammering, Sammy. Let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. Great show planned for you this evening. As mentioned, Mikey Beardown Cuz will be with us in a couple of moments, but a couple of minor notes to go over before we bring him on. The Bears are currently in OTAs working out. They've got some other things. Uh, the OTAs are happening. Then there's mini camps. Then there'll be a time off. And then, of course, they'll be coming back for training camp and all the news surrounding the Chicago bears right now seems to be very positive. One of the biggest pieces of news, Jalen Johnson returned. Uh, he was back there at camp. We saw him. number 33 was there. You know, it's one of those things with the bears. They've done a great job 
uh, in the draft over the last couple of years, you know, presumably we, we hope the guys that they drafted this year will go ahead and pan out, but having Jalen Johnson back is big and Justin Fields being at his charity event over the last couple of weeks was also very big. So a lot of great signs for the Chicago bears and here to talk about it is our friend that we see all over the place. It's Mikey bear down cuz let's go ahead and bring him on right now without further ado. Sorry to keep you waiting. That was that was too long for you. No, that wasn't. I like I like when you go on your on your tangents in the beginning. I I thoroughly enjoy it, to be honest. So I think uh, I think it was a great introduction and a great uh, first couple points made. All the things you I you said I agree with hundred percent. The Arlington Heights charade, big charade, <laughs> leveraging political leveraging, and I think Kevin yeah. Warren Kevin Warren's the right man in the right spot to do it. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. If it was Ted Phillips, I might be a little bit more concerned, but Kevin Warren brings a certain level of credibility where you're just like, yeah, I I, I think this is going to get done. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Has experience in the NFL before Uh, big 10 commissioner, obviously his last duties, his last major duties of note, but he's been in this game a long time. He's a football guy. You finally got a football guy in that position, not, um, you know, some CPA, not an accountant, not, you know, a, a family, uh, you know, a family friend who who is, you know, by the grace of of that family still employed by my estimation. I, I can't see another reason why he would be. Um, so that's I, I think they're in a good spot with Kevin Warren. I, I A lot of people, I think that were intimately involved with the Big Ten. And I think COVID had a lot to do with, you know, the decision making in that conference at the time. I think a lot of people questioned the Warren hire. I was not one of those people because. The same people that were complaining about how there wasn't a football guy in place then complain when they go out and get a football guy. So it's again that this is being a Bears fan. There is no pleasing this fan base. There never will be pleasing this fan base until they the only way is to win a Super Bowl. That's it. And then even somebody will probably still complain about that. They didn't win it as uh, by as many points as they should have. And it was a sloppy game or something. But that's the only resolution I could see uh, all the fans uh, coming to an agreement. The most Chicago Bears thing, and I there is truth to this, and I don't mean to make light of it, but the Bears in 85, the most dominant team in NFL history. Yes. One of the most dominating Super Bowls of all time. And yet, when you ask people about it, what, 30 years later, uh, they still are like, well, Walter Payton didn't get a touchdown. You're like, yeah, I, that's true. Yeah. That's, but like, there's always something. The Bears <laughs> fans will always find something. Yeah, did yeah. you have a great meal at Portillo's? Like, yeah, but you know what? They were out of uh, they're out of spicy pickles. Like, no, it's it's always something. There's always something with the cake machine. The cake shake machine was out. Whatever it is, there's always something to complain about. But I do feel very competent uh, with Kevin Warren being in there, and so uh, it's it's more of a non-issue than anything. What about Jalen Johnson? Uh, were you happy to see him back? Because that to me. Again, like you don't want to get into these situations where it feels like we got a good core, like especially in the secondary. Like last year, Kyler Gordon, I think, came on, Jalen Johnson, and then the guy, Stevenson, that they got out of Miami. I was going to say, well, he did play at Georgia as well. But like, I feel like, okay, now we're starting to put it together. I think it's huge to have him back in, in, for uh, OTAs this week. Yeah, I put out a tweet um, pretty much like right after, the, I want to say the second day of the draft. And by, by my estimation, I think that the Bears' defense at linebacker and at secondary now is set. I, I, I believe that. I, I still think the question is going to be, are they going to be able to generate any semblance of a pass rush that's going to make that back end's job a little bit easier? Because 
nothing will mask the secondary play a little bit as much as a good pass rush. We know that. Uh, But they added a lot of pieces in the draft. Again, they took two D tackles very high with their picks, you know, uh, Florida. And then uh, the, the, um, the Missouri, the D tackle from Missouri, I believe as well. Yes. Um, So they, they, they invested in that position when this, when you're talking about the secondary, you're talking really about the guy from Penn state that everyone loves that I said, would be the captain of this team eventually. I think Jaquan Brisker will be. Right. He is a bare defender through and through, disregard for his own body, wants to be in the mix on every play, does not have a problem mixing up at the line of scrimmage, blitzing, staying back, uh, ball hawk type tendencies. Sometimes he's got he's got a nose for the football as well. Him and Eddie Jackson back there. Now you got Tyreek Stevenson, like you said, Adam, uh, who they drafted out of Miami. Uh, Gordon struggled beginning of the year, came on very strong late in the year. Uh, I, and Jalen Johnson, of course, who's supposed to be now, you know, he wants to get paid, right? Everyone mm-hmm. I think knows Jalen Johnson wants that extension. Who are they going to extend? Is it going to be, is Komet going to get the big money? Tremendous year last year for him. Is Johnson going to get the big money? Johnson regards himself as, as being a top 15, 10 corner in this league. That's going to be a big – this is going to be a big season for him. But I do think that that secondary is an absolute position of strength for the Bears. They're going to rely on them heavily, I think. Um, and combine that with some of these super athletic and tackling machine linebackers that they brought in via free agency. And I think you're going to have a pretty decent defense if, if, if the D-line can stop the run and rush the passer, but that is a big, big if until you actually see it play out on the field. Yeah, it is one of the things, you know, with all the money that they still have left to spend, I hope some of it is going to be earmarked for Jalen Johnson. There is always a question when there is some uh, holdover from a previous regime, does Ryan Pace hold Jalen Johnson in the same esteem as some of the other guys that he's picked? over the last couple of seasons. Uh, talking about the guys, Tyreek Stevenson, Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. South uh, Carolina. South Carolina. SEC. Listen, I know you're a Big Ten guy, and you like to generalize all these SEC schools, especially the mid-tier ones. But yeah. he's a South – I didn't want to – you were a spitball, and you were rolling. I didn't want to jump in there. No, I, him and Dexter out of Florida. I know, obviously, Dexter. And then I, I don't know why I said Missouri. But, yes, Zach Pickens out of yeah. South Carolina, big upside player. Um, I think he'd come in and he could do something, you know, right off the bat, even maybe more than Dexter, from what I understand from some of the way that the, I'm reading some of the scouting reports on him, uh, maybe more of a right plug and play guy, more so than Dexter. We'll see. But I think Pickens, everything I've read, big upside guy. So we'll see. Yeah. And you want your guys to be rotational players. If they come in and contribute and put in some pretty good minutes, you really like that. And, you know, at the same time, when you look at the Bears, they still have Gibson, who is going to be there, who has an opportunity to improve. I love him from everything. Dom, and, and Dom Robinson last year had that great first game against the San Francisco 49ers. Kind of, excuse me, wasn't as prevalent. You didn't, you didn't hear his name as much over the remainder of the season, but still was out there working hard, uh, you know, improving on his craft. There is an opportunity for these guys to get better. And if the secondary is better, that helps. And you look at some of the moves they made. You alluded to it earlier. Some of the moves that they made at the linebacker position, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, they come in, they join presumably Jack Sanborn to form the linebacking core. Noah Sewell, 
uh, is a draft pick or the fifth round, fourth round, fifth round draft pick out of Oregon. You know, another guy who could come in and figure into the mix and also a guy that I've been looking at more and more as a possible pass rush specialist in the early part of his career. We might only see him on third downs, but could be somebody who can contribute there pretty quickly. So one of my questions that I had for you as we were going to open this up, and I had three that I wanted to go over. Uh, that was that was our that was the third question. But did the Bears do enough to fix last season's worst scoring defense? And I think one of the big keys, Mike, is that it's not necessarily that you have to go out and be the 49ers, but if you can make a spot, uh, excuse me, a stop when you need to go out there, like listen, I don't need you to, I don't need you to hold the Vikings to zero points, but I need you to make a stop when you need to, do you think the bears have accomplished that? Well, they've invested a lot of capital into the defense over the last two off seasons. They invested a lot of capital last year with their first two picks being secondary, secondary. They invested a lot of capital after they took Darnell Wright with the first pick, which again, in my opinion, was the right decision. You had to, you had to, had to get a premier tackle coming out for fields. But then again, they go D tackle, D tackle, they go corner, you know, they, they, they are putting in the capital and in the investment into the defense. So if there isn't an improvement <laughs> and there isn't a market improvement, then that's going to come back as a bad reflection on Ryan Poles. They spent a lot of money, their big premium money. Now, granted, they still have money left and they're going to have a lot of money next free agency, but they spent their premier money on Tremaine Edmonds. And that's going to be a lot of pressure on Tremaine Edmonds. But again, to me, and I spoke to Alex Brown about this, um, pretty outwardly, I said that I, if you're going to tell me that you're spending the same amount of money you would have spent on Roquan Smith and you're getting Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, like you said, for the same price tag, basically. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds, to me, he's still a baby, number one. He's very, very young. And to me, he is the type of athlete that I am willing to invest a lot of money into because to me, he is a special type of athlete. I'm not saying Roquan Smith is not a very good off-ball linebacker. He's a very right. good textbook off-ball linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds, to me, is a special type of athlete. He has the ability to be, do things that certain guys just are not able to do. And that being said, I think all of that investment, I think you have to see a market improvement in this defense this year. I think there will be positions where they're going to be asked. Obviously, they couldn't do it last year. You got to get a stop here. You got to get a stop. I think they'll be able to do it more often, more often this year, certainly than last year. Will it be more often than not this year? We'll see, but definitely more often than last year. Otherwise, it's going to come back as a poor reflection on some of the moves Paul's made because the investment is there. So hopefully the return is there as well. Yeah, and as a fan, I'm taking a little bit of a leap of faith into the organizational depth that they are working on right now. That is one of the big keys. You know, you I was talking with the Titan fans last night on our sick podcast, uh, the Titans version of this. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, I go, and they, they talk about, and these, you know, you, you talk about injuries. And they're like, well, we had a lot of injuries in the secondary. We had injuries. I'm like, every team Everybody. has to deal with injuries. It is impossible to go through the entirety of a season and not have injuries. And the, the key to me is like, how are you doing in filling that depth? And over the last two seasons, Ryan Poles walked into a situation last year where we had like, what was it? Five picks, six picks. And he turned it into 11. Yep. We have a huge number of picks again this year. And listen, Noah Sewell might not come out and win 
rookie of the year. But if he's able to go exactly, if he can go out there and play and and you know contribute as going to be a a, special teams contributor right off the bat, right off the bat, he's going to be an excellent special teamer. I think, and a lot of people said, I mean, a lot of people had him graded a lot higher than where he went. I think you know, I think Sewell was a great pick. I think he could be a surprise guy. I'm not going to say he's going to be. And like you said, he might not win win a defensive rookie of the year, but you don't need him to. He's a fifth round pick. He's not expected to. You don't need him to. Just if he can contribute, um, that would be the positive outcome. And I think he will. And if he could have a Jack Sanborn like season, like okay, cool. That's we got. That was a a a pleasant surprise last year. An undrafted free agent comes in, becomes a valuable contributor, becomes a folk hero in some yeah. respects. And it wasn't. And remember this too. It wasn't just us because because our like our guy Shregs on good morning football was rocking a Sanborn Jersey at one point. And you're like, listen, this is, this has gone beyond the Chicago fan base. He started open eyes around the league. Now the offensive line, again, you mentioned the move. I do love the idea. I, okay. Listen, I know that we had to take an offensive lineman. I was on the record of saying I wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba because I'm a lunatic and that's just kind of the way that I think. And that's what I wanted to do. Darnell Wright, you talked about this a moment ago. Darnell Wright, not only him, but Nate Davis. Nate Davis, I think that this one is kind of going under the radar when you're talking about the Bears' acquisitions this offseason. I think that right side of the line now suddenly looks pretty good. Not that it's the strength of the team, but I say it's looking pretty good. I mean, and I think Tevin Jenkins, to me, graded out as one of the top guards in the league. I think it, Tevin Jenkins is one of the top guards. If he's healthy... Tevin Jenkins, to me, could be a top seven to eight guard in the league. I really believe he can be if he's healthy. So now you're talking, you got two capable guards, more than capable, really. You have a rookie tackle who, yes, he's a rookie, um, but he's a highly touted rookie. He's played against the best competition and shut down some of the best competition. I'm talking about Will Anderson, of course, from Alabama when they played against mm-hmm. them, uh, being from Tennessee. Uh, he shut down some of the top uh, competition, played against some of the best in the SEC. Then, of course, you got Braxton Jones on the left side. Uh, as a rookie from an FCS school, fifth rounder, you got to tip your cap to what he did. Uh, was it perfect? No. Is that one of the hardest positions to transition to into the NFL and be uh, the most demanding positions in the NFL? Yes. Outside of corner and quarterback, it probably is the most demanding and the most difficult to just step right in as a rookie and and be perfect. It's not going to happen. And then we're going to see what happens now with Lucas Patrick, who I think a lot of people forgot about. But last year, a lot of people were excited about because yeah. he had come from the same system as the new offense coordinator in Green Bay. And he was going to be kind of like the field general to run the offense at center, and then he gets hurt. So now Cody Whitehair, he's going to be there. Uh, and I think overall they have a little bit of depth. I think they're much, much better in a much better position than they were going into last season, obviously. And I think the unit could perform up to standard to the point where, Adam, and I'm going to say it now, Justin Fields this year, they're, unless by some act of God, unfortunate act of God that all these guys get hurt in, in the first yeah. two weeks, the offensive linemen or God forbid DJ Moore and, and, and Mooney get hurt. Unless there's major catastrophic injury in the first month of the season, the excuses are going to be slim to none for me this year, personally for Justin. I think 100%. they've done enough for Justin to support him. I think he's got a terrific running back room. I think he's got a much better upgraded offensive line. I think he's got a – obviously, he's got his wide receiver one now. 
So it's going to be, he's in the system now, two full years. It's going to be very hard for for anyone to say, well, it's not there yet for him. It's time to stop making excuses, specifically offensive line. I think it's upgraded greatly this year. Greatly. Is it going to be it perfect? Is. Again, no. Is it going to be a top five unit in the league? Probably not going to be a top top half unit in the league. I think so. Yeah. I think it would be top half of the league. Definitely. Yeah. You know what? Right now, if you look at it, and let's say that Ryan Jensen doesn't start, and you still have Larry Borum there. Like, there's two legitimate NFL-type starters. You know, Larry Borum last year was kind of going through it, kind of learning his way, and I don't think that you would give up on him as a prospect, but he still is a very capable player who is not going to be starting that in case, God forbid, something happens to one of our offensive linemen, he's going to be able to step in. And that's the same way it's going to be if Cody Whitehair doesn't start. You know, like you have capable backups, which you want because you have to anticipate at some point yes. there are going to be injuries. And I'm with you. You know, a lot of people ask me this. And again, last night going on with the guys from Tennessee with the Titans podcast, they asked me like, what happens if it doesn't work out for Justin Fields? I'm like, well, then it, it is a question. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm not, I'm not so loyal to the point of like, oh, if, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work. Like, no, you have to go out and perform. He's got to play better. Yeah. He's, he's got to play as a passer, as a passer. Yes. And, and I'm confident that he's going to be like, I, I have, I was confident in him as a prospect coming out of Ohio state. I was convinced that he was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in that class. I think that Trevor Lawrence was the number one guy. Like, okay, that's fine. I maybe I, I kind of like Justin as much. I thought I watched, they were one A and B. I really did I, think they were one A and B. I it mean, seems uh, like yeah. Well, you're an Ohio State guy. If it, it seems well, like that's true. There is inherent bias. And listen, I'm not I'm not I'm not ignorant to the fact that when he played at Ohio state, he's playing behind an offensive line where pretty much everyone is going to get drafted and go play in the NFL. He's throwing the ball to Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I mean, that's preposterous. That's preposterous. And that has to be taken into account, but I mean, the numbers were still there. He still had to go out and do it and do it against a conference that still happens to play defense in college football, which a lot of these conferences don't anymore. He still hung up six passing touchdowns on Clemson with a broken rib. He still came back in Ann Arbor, Michigan after, after hyperextending his knee and came back and lit Michigan up. So, I mean, he played Alabama the COVID year. Yes, they didn't win the national championship that year, but again, they had so many guys out for COVID. It's going to be on him this year. I really, really want to see – how he is as a passer, anticipation, um, progressions, uh, making the right decisions. and But this year, I just hope it's different with his supporting. I hope his supporting cast actually supports him this year because God knows last year, way too many times where, you know, a ball that was a little bit high, but not an interception ball by any chance turns into an interception. Fourth down plays, they go through the hands of a wide receiver. Like I'm really hoping this year that's not the case and that the, his teammates step up for him. And Adam, what you said about the injuries, I just wanted to say two things about that injuries. The, the biggest things with injuries is when do they happen and who do they happen to? Because yeah. if Justin Fields, God forbid, goes down, you could forget it. You could forget it. Yeah. You could, for, the way this team is built, you could forget it. It's, it's who is getting injured and every position is important, but I think obviously there's premiums. You don't want to see a shutdown corner go down, an edge rusher go down, a tackle go down, or your quarterback go down. Um, so I think it depends who it happens to and what time of the season. If, you know, a guy goes out with an ankle sprain in the first week, that's not going to derail your whole season. 
even if it is yeah. the quarterback. Then that shouldn't derail you. But you know that happens in the playoff push. Last four games of the season where you're a bubble team, talking about a whole different story. Yeah, and I will say this too: if PJ Walker has to play a uh, couple games. He's okay. He's okay. He's he's, he's shown, shown it. He's shown it. He's, he's shown that he can play. He can make. He's made plays to DJ Moore. We remember last year against Atlanta. Atlanta. I believe it was. Yeah, he had there. that. Yeah, he had that sick yeah. play to yeah, uh, DJ Moore. How do you feel about DJ Moore? Because again, like I get into these conversations with people. And they're like, well, don't think that he's AJ Brown or Stefan Diggs. I'm like, no, he absolutely is. It's nearly the same thing. Uh, our friend Matt Harmon joined us a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about the impact of DJ Moore coming to this team and what he means to an organization and a passing game and everything like that. How do you feel? I, I love DJ. I've always loved DJ. Moore. I think I think DJ Moore is a second tier wide receiver one, true wide receiver one, wherein I will not put him in the stratosphere of Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I, I just can't. I can't do that. I can't do that. I think there's a couple guys in this league, Tyreek Hill. I, I cannot put him on on that tier. However, do I think he's on the playing field with these other wide receiver ones? Yes, I think he's a true wide receiver one. Uh, and I talked about this on another podcast not long ago. He's not some guy that's a default wide receiver one just because he's the best wide receiver on your team. Yes. DJ Moore probably goes to any team in the league minus uh, a handful or less and is the wide receiver one on all those teams. So he's a true wide receiver one. He's shown it with multiple different guys playing the quarterback position in Carolina. Uh, didn't have the best quarterback situation in Carolina. Didn't have the best head coach situation for a little while there. So I think he is he is he is what they needed to do. Brilliant move by Ryan Poles to get that done. Um, they had to do something for Justin, and they were in a precarious position because I think before that trade was made for the one pick, I think Adam, you and I both knew they were going to deal the one pick. There wasn't any question about that. Yeah. But I think the biggest problem was that everyone was like, "Well, they need help on the offensive line desperately." They need to draft offensive line. But then there was the camp that was, they desperately need a weapon, a true wide receiver one weapon for Justin Fields. And he was able to pull off both. And that's why if you're a Bears fan sitting here criticizing Ryan Paul still, I want to know what you would have done in his position or what you thought, what, do you think somebody could have done the job better? Or do you think that Ryan Pace would? I mean, this guy has come in here and he's, He's weaved some things into gold. Like you said, Adam, parlaying five picks or six picks into 11 picks, you know, getting the wide receiver one, still getting another first round pick and getting your, your, hopefully your franchise tackle all in the same offseason. What more do you want from the guy? Really? I mean, he had the worst salary cap situation two years ago. Now, obviously this year it improved vastly, but two years ago he had nothing. He had no draft equity. And here we are. Yes, we had the number one pick. Yes, we had the worst record in the league. But the Bears were in every single – they were in almost every single football game they played in last year. They yeah. did not – that was the difference last year. And I think I said this the last time I was on. I'm, I wasn't embarrassed to watch them last year. <laughs> yeah. I was embarrassed to watch them the two seasons before that. Oh, I was like embarrassed was to watch them two seasons ago. Last year, I was not. I was proud of them. I was proud of them because the roster was not up to par yet. And any football fan who knows what you're talking about could see that. The – Mitch Trubisky winning the MVP oh. in against the Saints. And that play, was it the Saints or card? Saints. It was they, the Saints in the wild card game. And then my buddy bought me the MVP and sent it to my house as a joke. One of my buddies sent me an MVP with the Nickelodeon t-shirt. And it said it. Mitch MVP with the with the graphic right on the t-shirt. Horrible. 
Harp. And I think I think it was Big Cat who who orchestrated that or some ever. I just thought it was a, a a Bears fan dumb thing, anyways. But in any event, I that was more embarrassing to me than what happened last season, where the the Bears were playing games that were entertaining. They were fun. There was a lot of 50-50 games. Yep. And you know, and you talk about the the people who are around him. And there was some kid on Twitter, and again, I wish I I wish I would have bookmarked this so I could go back and give him the credit. But he was looking at some of the plays last season. The the, the practice squad receiver. I, I I don't know why the name Cam Meredith comes to my head. It's not him. He wore number 10, but he fumbles that ball at Minnesota. Oh, Valus, oh, our guy Valus made a couple of mistakes, a couple of rookie mistakes. Darnell Mooney not catching a ball at the goal line. There was a lot of things Back going on. St. Brown dropping a, a drive extending play against the Dolphins on, on fourth the fourth down. down. That's the fourth down pass. Like all those plays, DJ Moore is going to be making yes. this year. Yes. And to your point, too, I think that Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the game, followed closely by Jamar Chase. Devontae Adams is probably still up in that mix. Yes, and then I you're agree. like, and then you mentioned Tyreek Hill. And I was like, okay. And then it's like, all right, I'm I'm starting to not that's, like that's the cream of the crop tier. That's that one tier. Devontae, yeah. JJ, Chase, Hill, I have to put over more. But he's right on that next rung. AJ Brown, all those guys, you put them all there. He's even there with, on that even second with, tier. Even if Cooper Cup, because I think Cooper Cup plays so differently. And you yeah. saw that the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl, how important it was to have Odell Beckham Jr. on that team, that if you had DJ Moore on the Rams, he would be playing that kind of role and would be very valuable. And he would really, he would really shine through. But I think that given the opportunity to play with Justin Fields, to really be a true number one with a true number one quarterback and not some of the scrubs that the Carolina Panthers were running out there. Not that Sam, I wish Sam Darnold had more of an opportunity before he got hurt, but you know, I look at it. I'm like, I think for both players, Justin Fields and DJ Moore, they both have an opportunity to really go out there and establish themselves as two of the best young players at their positions moving forward and an opportunity to erase no doubt. Because when you look through this, and obviously my predictions are out there, and I had the, I, we did that, we did the predictions on this show. And I'm sorry, Sammy, if my predictions were different, the ones that I had to do for NFL.com, I was, I was, not pressured, but you know, I had to go through and, and do some other things. But like when you look at some of the quarterbacks, the Chicago Bears are going to be playing against this season. Now they're going to go up against Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, obviously Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league. Nobody disputes that. Yeah. But then you got the ghost of Russell Wilson, Sam Howell, Kirk Cousins, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Herbert's a great quarterback, Derek Carr's okay. Bryce Young, Goff, Cousins, Goff, uh, the guy in Cleveland, whomever the quarterback is for Arizona, uh, Desmond, Desmond Ritter, and then Jordan Love again. It's like, you know what? There are not many games that Chicago is going to be walking into this year where you're like, we have a severe deficiency at quarterback. Like, ah, like I wish we had this. I would, uh, there's only one. There's only one where you're kind of like, I wish yeah, we had. I mean, last year you're playing Aaron Rodgers twice. You're playing Jalen Hurts. You're playing Josh Allen. I mean, it, it, last year was it was definitely a, a difficult. You played Tua when Tua was like putting up MVP, Good, yeah. MVP numbers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you played. I don't want to say you played Daniel Jones, but the way the Giants paid Daniel Ooh. Jones, you want to think that he's a top-tier guy. So, 
Um, yeah, no, listen, I think that they could get sneaky. I saw your record prediction. I know you're catching a ton of heat for it, but I try to explain to everybody. I was like, Adam's I'm catching, I'm catching love. Adam's I'm catching love for people. Adam, Adam's going to pick the bears. That's the, that's the, Adam's a loyal guy. He's going to pick the bears. Um, you know, and that's, and that's that, but I do see a pathway to some wins this season. I do. Um, you know, I, 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 I do, I do. I think, I think they could float right around eight. Eight wins to ten wins. I think ten is is the ceiling. I, I do. I'm being conservative in saying that. I know you said what, Adam? Twelve. Of course. Yes. Yes. So I think ten is is as high as I go. I think that'll be that'll be my ceiling under optimal conditions. Um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But you know what? I would sign on for ten and seven right now. I would sign on the dotted oh. line for ten and seven right now. I would. For real. And and obviously, you know, I've made this point time and time again, that if you look at what Detroit did last season, being nine and eight, everybody loved them. The fun win, closing out the season, beating the Packers, which oh, the Bears would have an opportunity. The Bears would have that opportunity again, this time being in, uh, we, we're in Lambeau Field, if I'm not mistaken. We're, we close yes. in Lambeau Field. Yes. Let me see this, but uh, yeah, we close in Lambeau Field. Open so there are, and close. Open out. Open and close. Okay, that's the way to go. I, I don't like divisional games in the very beginning of the season. I think you should be able to saunter in it. It always, it always, it, not that it annoys me, but I think that the NFL misses an opportunity that if you just made week five rivalry week where you play your chief rival, and I know I get some grief because they're like, well, outside of the Bears and Packers, there aren't a lot. I'm like, you can figure it out. You know who everybody's rival is. Um, I just think it would be a pretty cool way to do that, but I feel very confident with the way this team is, or even what Jacksonville did last year when Doug Peterson took over. And, and again, and by the way, I know that I predicted the Titans to win four games and maybe I wasn't giving them enough of the benefit of the doubt. These Titan fans trying to sell, like, what is Jerry? They're trying to like disregard Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, okay, like I understand people. I don't understand people doing it with Justin Fields, but like Trevor Lawrence, the guy who's been dominant, like, stop it. Yeah, no, uh, but that, Trevor that, Lawrence looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league at the end of the season last year. I mean, he was he was he was awesome. So that was yeah. so that's so hilarious that the Titan fans are just. And I know that we're not going to sit here and spend time ripping on the Titans, but like that is not the area you attack the Jags on. You want to say their defense isn't good, their offensive line isn't very good. Fine, Calvin Ridley might not be good. Spending a whole year on the sidelines because of his suspension. Okay. Don't try to tell me that Trevor Lawrence is not a good quarterback. I've had to fight everybody on Justin Fields. I don't want to have to do it for Trevor Lawrence as well. Uh, but so what is it? Uh, it was our friend Clay Harbor asked today on Twitter. He's like, hey, 3,000 passing yards for Justin Fields this year. What do you think? Do you think he goes above 3,000 passing yards? What is your uh, what is your estimation for uh, Justin Fields in regards to throwing the football? I think he has to go over 3,000 yards. I think he has to go over 3,000 yards. If he doesn't go over 3,000 yards passing this year, I think it's a problem. I think he, he should land around 3,500. Right around yeah. 3,500 is where he should land. He's got a tight end who he's proven to uh, establish chemistry with last year and Cole Komet, a young tight end still. Don't sell the Bob Tunyon uh, pickup as a bad one because I kind of like, oh, I kinda I like love the it. Bob Tunyon pickup. Um, but, yeah, now you got Claypool who – I will not make any more excuses for Claypool. I said, give him one full off season to get with yeah. the program, 
to get with the system and then let's judge him next year after, you know, midway through next year's season, this season coming up, obviously. So you got the big target in Claypool. You got your number one in, in Moore. You got uh, your reliable guy in Mooney who they've been playing together now for three seasons. So this, this should be a 3,000 plus yard season. 3,500 is what I'd like to see, obviously, or more. Um, and then I think you got some running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, in particular Roshan Johnson from Texas. I think this running back room is exciting, Adam. I think the running back room, this these three running backs that they got now with Herbert, obviously the free agent they bring over from Carolina, and uh, Roshan Johnson, the rookie they draft out of Texas, who, by the way, you don't know about Roshan Johnson because of who he played behind at Texas. If right. he had not played behind that man, he would have been starting on probably every other team in the country. That's how talented he was. Um, but that's not that's not the case, obviously, because he's playing behind Bijan Robinson. But this running back room is exciting for me. I think it's deep. I think they're going to be good. And if the line is better, I think it's going to take some pressure. The play action game should be there. Uh, teams are going to have to respect the run game because they could spell any one of these guys. And I think the next guy that comes in is going to be just as capable so I'm very excited about the run game. And that's not really, you know, I always kind of get on Bears fans because they're so, so enamored <laughs> with David Montgomery and the running and Jordan Guilty. Howard. And, and yeah, and I, I, I get it. I, I get it. But I think that this running back room, this running back room has me more excited than any running back room I could think of in recent history. Maybe uh, when Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen were at like their ultra powers and they were that one, two, like thunder and lightning kind of combination. Yeah. That was very cool. But I think this running back room has a chance to be special. I think that's going to help Justin get to that 3,500 yard mark. That's where I'd love to see him land. Well, you know what? It goes back to what you were talking about with Roquan Smith is that you traded Roquan Smith effectively for Edmonds and Edwards. So you got a two for one. And similarly, I think if with letting David Montgomery go, you're getting Deontay Foreman. And I gotta I gotta check in with Aaron Clark and find out. Is it Dante? Deontay? What do we need? I need the uh, I, I was on Dante. I believe it's Dante. I believe it's I believe it's I do too. Deontay. I, I, Deontay. Deontay. I get told something different every year because it's a big thing because he's a fan, he's fantasy relevant. So I've always got to talk about him on fantasy live. I will get with Joniak. I will he will be my source here but you have him and you bring in Roshan Johnson then again it's another two for one switch where you're like I feel very comfortable with the group group as much as I love the individual having the group I think we're we're stronger we're stronger as a group instead of paying all this money to Roquan instead of paying all this money to David Montgomery we brought in depth which again is going to be one of the biggest keys if, if yeah if you don't have CMC and you don't have Saquon Barkley and really off the top of my head uh, Alvin Kamara of a couple years ago I wouldn't even say today's version of Alvin Kamara if you don't have one of these like uber special type of running backs and even then I think you have to really make a consideration because just look at what happened with the D Dallas the Dallas Cowboys lost a pretty good Amari Cooper that still had a lot in the tank because yeah. of how much money they paid to Ezekiel Elliott yeah. And I think they were missing that, uh, even though they had C.D. Lamb. I, you know, it's just it's it's difficult for me now to justify sinking a ton of money into the running back. It just is. And that's no offense to these guys who play running back at all. It's just that I just see the mileage that their that their bodies taking the pounding and 
if if they're not able to do those type of crazy things like and CMC is obviously a unicorn and you saw what impact he had for San Francisco, but he's also surrounded by a hell of a support cast. I, I'm all for the, the running back by committee. I have no issue with it. I don't understand why people do if it works. If it it's proves, fan, it's, it's the fantasy dorks. The fantasy people. Yeah, hate I get that. I get that's that. That's the only people who care. Then you got to, you know what, if that's the case, then you got to hope you have one of the, you know, top five picks and you take one of the, uh, one of those, one of those, you know, throwback guys that, that are the only, they're the bell cow guys. You got to go with those guys. Christian McCaffrey last year from week eight on when he took over as the uh, lead running back for San Francisco was the only guy over that stretch from weeks eight to 18 who had over a thousand combined scrimmage yards and 10 plus touchdowns. Like he's just incredible. He played 17 games. Like he was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that guy. We could have had that guy. We could have had that guy instead of Mitch Trubisky, but uh, that's a story for another. I remember doing my mock draft with a twist that year. And I was specifically saying like, don't take Mitch Trubisky. I said, if the bears are going to take a quarterback, it should be the, the guy who's in Cleveland, who as a football player on the field, is okay, but with everything that happened, yeah, okay, yeah. probably probably best not to listen to me. But I love the idea of taking Christian McCaffrey and Bears fan. It was was that the same draft? That was the same draft. And Bears fans were against it. Like, no way, you would never want CMC. Or like, okay, that we can revisit this one at another time. Uh, I think that that one ended up being uh, one in my favor. But there's those guys aren't around, and I think with the variety that we have, and Khalil Herbert is still you know, a, a capable talent as well. We're going to find the best guy and we've got a guy. Our right tackle is exceptional uh, as a run blocker. I think there's a lot of McGlinchey for Dar Darnell, Wright. The more that I watch it, I'm like, God, I'm like, he's going to get blown up by a couple of uh, pass rushers this year. And people are going to be like, Oh, look, this was a bust. And then he's going to be such a road grader as they run the football that it'll, it'll, it'll equal out. He's going to be fine. Um, but I think that, yeah, having all three of those guys with the tight end room, with the depth at the wide receiver position. I mean, Travis Scott is still there. And so, you know, yeah, there's like a him. lot of, like yeah, we, we, we had him on the show last, last week. Yeah. He was fun. And the thing that I loved about him is that he came on immediately and um, was rocking his bears gear. Like he was coming off of practice. And so he was, he was coming in. He was, uh, he, he embraced the culture. He even, and I know it's Tyler Scott get off. Okay. I got it. I got it. Um, my, I'm still learning. It's still OTAs for me as well. I, know. So? I, I think I said, I think I said Travis, no, but I, I, it's I Tyler. Don't, I don't know because it slipped by me, but yeah, Tyler Cincinnati. And I think he could take the top off of defense and that's what I think that's what they need. Uh, and I think he's going to be a good compliment. I think he's going to see, more time than people think this season. I think you'll see some um, a little more time than people think. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I really like him and I love his film and he's grading out. And when you put him against guys like Rasheed Rice at SMU and Tank Dell, like the people that he was being drafted against, I'm like, I think we ended up with the best guy. Agreed. And even I'll, I'll even go so far as to say this. Uh, there's, a, there's a wide receiver who I work with who uh, does not think a lot of Quentin Johnston. And uh, we were going over some evaluations and he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't I'm like, what about, what about, uh, what about Tyler here? He's like, Ooh, that that's a player that I like. So we'll see. 
And we'll see if he's going to be able to adjust because um, the player that I knew, uh, who I talked to, did not play at a Power 5 conference. Even though the school that he went to is now a Power 5 school, when he was there, it was a Mountain West school. So he told me, he goes, the first thing that you got to do is the first time you get hit by a guy, whether it's an SEC guy or whatever it is, it takes you back. And he was saying like, you know, it's one of those things that, okay, he's like the first time it happened to me. And this guy is one of the toughest players who ever played in the NFL. He was like, I was, I was shook for a second, but I went back out there and I wanted to take that guy on and he never got over on me again. And so hopefully Tyler Scott has that same kind of experience coming in and facing these guys. Cause it's going to be a step up from his conference. Like I'm not telling tales out of school, but you know what? As long as he can make that adjustment, we saw Braxton Jones last year having to deal with that as well. We hope that he's going to make that jump, but you know what? They have the ability to do it. So I think that he's going to be a good one. And I think he will make that adjustment for sure. But let's see, Sam, do we have any questions? I didn't realize we've gone 45. Don't make him wait. Hey, Adam, I've been really enjoyed your bears pick on the NFL network last week. It was one of the few things that made me smile. I had to say goodbye to my tuxi. Oh no, buddy. So I needed it. Thanks for keeping. Oh gosh, bear fan, uh, bear forever 14. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for always being a part of this show, uh, being very generous with you and supporting and everything like that. Dude, there is nothing worse. I got to be honest with you. Putting, I, I, comparatively, but like when you put down a companion, a cat or a dog or anything like that, it just kills me. I, to this day, I have never replaced my dog that I had to put down in 2000, was it 2009? It's been a long time. I couldn't get over it. So I'm sorry about that. Sorry about buddy, but I know that he was a faithful companion. Oh, it's a tough one. Yeah. Sorry. It's, uh, that's brutal. That's a uh, part of the reason that, well, the other fact that I have two toddlers running around. So I just, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't picture bringing another. I know. Being, being into this home that I have to be responsible for. That too. That um, too. But, but yeah, no, no. Putting down an animal. I mean, I, my mother had cats growing up my whole life. So, I mean, she had to put down several of them and it's, 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 it's never, never fun. It's always brutal and very sorry to hear that. That sucks. Oh, we're sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm glad the prediction brought a smile to your face. I'm glad we're able to bring a little bit of joy. Cause I know how difficult that is. Uh, I still don't even like, I still don't even like talking about it. Oh my God. Jane says, Oh, uh, so I know how tough that was, but uh, thanks for being here with us tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. Sammy, how about, is there another, uh, Fields, this is from Brennan. Uh, Fields is an awesome fantasy option value doing to his running. Uh, with Fields passing more and running less, uh, where do you rank him in the six-point passing league? You know what? That's the thing. When you get six points for passing touchdowns, it equals out. Then you don't need to favor the running quarterbacks because last year, Fields would not have been as valuable in that league where he is in other leagues where passing touchdowns are worth four. I really believe that as long as he's going out there and he's scoring, think about this. He's probably going to rush for 30 yards every week. I think that's a very conservative estimate. He's that's not going to very conservative. Yeah. yeah. He's probably not going to rush. Probably right, that's probably right. So you get like a little bit of a bonus. So I think that he's still a very valuable quarterback and six point passing leads. I would favor somebody like Trevor Lawrence over him where in traditional fantasy leagues without passing bonuses and everything like that, I would probably have Justin, ahead of Trevor Lawrence. So, or, you know, so I think he's still going to be very good. I've never asked you, are you a big fantasy guy? 
Yeah, I well, yeah. I've been playing in the same three leagues. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, you do. And yeah. you also do. You like the props. That's yeah, your thing, props. right? Yeah. Oh, props are the best. Yeah, I love props. Love props. Um, But yeah, no, I've been playing in the same uh, couple leagues for years now. Uh, we just started one for our podcast last year. So um, no, I, I love fantasy. I, I don't play in any league. That's a six point uh, passing touchdown league. Uh, I play all PPR leagues. Um, traditional scoring for the quarterback other than that. Um, and no individual, individual defensive players, just team defense. Uh, we took the kickers out of our league cause we hated kickers, uh, cause we thought it was just a ridiculous way to lose a game or win a game. Um, but yeah, no, uh, in a six point uh, passing league out of my agree, you, you should probably, I, I agree his value is probably diminished in a league like that, but I think, you know, I, I, he could light it up. He could light it up this year. It's going to really be like a coin flip to see what happens with his passing. I think I'm I'm very very anxious to see what kind of strides he makes this year as a passer. I think everyone is. Anybody involved with this team is is probably very anxious to see it. Anxious. That's a good way to put it too. Because as much fun as it's going to be uh, going up against Green Bay in Week One, there is still a little part of you that's like. Jesus, do not lose this game. Do not lose that we game can, at home. We cannot lose. Not to Jordan can, Love. You cannot. We cannot. And deflate, if we, you, you will deflate the entire fan base the first week if you go out and lose that game at home to that team without Aaron Rodgers. The bad man's finally gone. The bad man is gone, and now they roll into your building with that guy, and you got your guy who's supposed to be the guy. You cannot lose that game in week one. You can't. You can't. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything about it. You can't. You cannot. I will be living like in Greece or something. I will, I will disappear. I will, uh, I've, I've got, I've got fake passports already where I'm just like, wow. Oh, okay. I've got a bunch of cash, fake passports. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like Matthew Bourne. He's going to shave his beard. He's going to, he's going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be somebody else. I don't know. Sammy will be doing the sick <laughs> podcast by himself. I, I can't eat. I don't even want to fathom it, but yeah, no. anxious is a good way to put that. But, um, but, Oh, by the way, I also want to say this point, know your league scoring, whatever you do, fantasy football, take a moment, look over little, your league scoring. My, my league of record is six points for passing touchdowns. And I, and you also, it's like playing poker where you got to play the person. Now in a lot of leagues, you go out there and, you know, once nine quarter, you're in a 10 team league. Once nine quarterbacks are drafted, you can feel pretty confident that nobody's going to draft another quarterback, at least until like the late, late rounds. My friends are not like that. Like the top 20 quarterbacks go in the first six rounds. Oh boy. And it's just the way they, it's just the way they draft. And unless you want to be stuck with somebody like Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins was fine last year, but I still hated it that he was my quarterback in my league of record. I also have, I'm in the second city league as well. And the, the, the weighting of the quarterback passing is even more like perverse. Like quarterbacks are like still like, I don't know how the scoring works, but it's like, you gotta have an elite quarterback and nobody's picked up on this trend. They still draft like quarterbacks are dime a dozen. And I'll use my second or third round pick on a guy like Patrick Mahomes. And my team sucked last year. When I had Patrick Mahomes, I got all the way to the finals. Yeah. Like it just was like, like yeah. that's know what that, that could do for you, though. That's what that could do for you. It could carry it could carry you a long way. A great quarterback can carry you a long way. Okay. As long as long as you know the scoring and there's 
bonuses for long touchdowns and things. It's just crazy. So take a moment before you're getting ready for your fantasy drafts this season. This will be a little bit of a fantasy PSA. <laughs> know the scoring. Look at the scoring from last year. Like who is the most value? Who are the most valuable players in the league? And if there were quarterbacks, they'll probably be quarterbacks again. Make make sure that you draft those guys. Uh, how about another question though, Sammy? Ooh, Ron, what's going on? Hey, Adam, do you think it's the Bears will make dollars. the playoffs? The That's million awesome. dollar question, Ronnie. Let me tell you something. I sincerely, I do. I think they're going to win the division. <laughs> I listen. What do you want me to say? I will. I I don't. I don't think that Detroit is going to be as good as everybody thinks. They I now see. I, you see, I agree with that. And you know what? It's funny because I've done a little bit of a one eighty on that. At the beginning of the offseason, I was like, Detroit really going to really going to really going. And then I'm thinking about it more and more, and I'm like, this is Detroit we're talking about. This is Jared Goff we're talking about. Schedule this year, I don't think is as favorable as it was last year. Um, I, I I I I. I still think that they should be favored out of respect to win the division. I do. Them or them or Minnesota, but I just I hated everything Minnesota did this offseason. I hate oh. so I, I I'm gonna put Detroit as my favorite. I think best case scenario, the Bears can compete for a wild card spot. The second wild card spot, to be specific. I think they can compete for it. I think they can compete in the I think they'll win more divisional games this year than they've won in quite some time. Combination of Aaron Rodgers being gone and the Bears improving the roster overall. Um, I think they'll win more divisional games this year. They, they better because they've only won, what, one in the Ryan Poles era so far? Yeah. Uh, that's not good enough. So uh, I think you'll see that number, maybe 500 we could get to this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they can contend for a wild card spot. I do. I do. Even in my optimistic view, I had the Bears, well, sweeping the Packers because it's me. But I had a four and two in the division, and I love the Lions fans who are like, "Duh, there's no way you you get a game from." A, I'm like, "Are you kidding me? They're, you're they're not really themselves, though." The Lions. You're fans. not the Chiefs. Like, well, let it that's go. That's what we're gonna see. Let's see that opening night, the Chiefs and the Lions for that first game of the season. Uh, that ought to be interesting, to say the very least. I don't know if that's the opener, the Thursday night. Is it the Thursday night opener? Yeah, that's the opener, it is, right? That is going to be so fascinating because I could absolutely see the Chiefs going there. I I don't know. Is the game in Detroit? I think the game's even in Detroit. It's in in Kansas City. City. The Detroit Lions are going to lose that game by four touchdowns. They are going to get blitzed by the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought it was in Detroit. It's in Kansas City at Arrowhead. They are going to lose that game by close to four touchdowns. Watch. They will will get blitzed, and then they'll go back in their hole, the Detroit fans, and they'll be quiet until they beat a divisional opponent. Then they'll start chirping again. Yeah, they'll – they're – like, Andy Reid doesn't mess around. If they're – like, Reid and Belichick are the two coaches, like, "Ah, if it was McVay, and I think the – I don't – the Rams might have won week one last year, trying to remember. The Bills, they they did win that game. No, they got smoked. The Bills smoked them. Remember, like the Bills came to Los Angeles and crushed them. Yes, 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 yes. Everyone was expecting it to be a great game, and it was a blowout. It was terrible. The terrible game. You're right. You're right. right. So Andy Reid does not mess around, and you give him an entire offseason to get ready for Dan Campbell's nonsense. Oh, I can't wait. And then Jamison Williams is not going to be available to you. Jameer Gibbs might end up being a really good player. He's not going to be in week one. Oh, 
This is going to be so delightful. I cannot wait. And all the Chiefs fans who think that I hate their team, I don't. Uh, it's going to be fun. But uh, in any event, by the way, I know that we're coming up against it. Sammy, do we have anything that we got to get to? Is there somebody that we are missing? There is. So be it. If not, we're going to move on. Show me in the chat. I'm assuming if no questions coming up, but listen, okay, because Mikey's got to get out of here. We got, we got, uh, we got obligations, but I want to thank you so much uh, for being out here. I really appreciate every time that you uh, join us and you're very generous with your time. It's always fun too, because we always have these great conversations and uh, always appreciate it. Always look forward to it. Now I can ask you though, because I've been dying to ask, you can't hit the driver. What's, no. what's going on? What's happening? That's terrible. Is it that bad? Like, are you spraying it or what? What is happening? Just ground, just just worm burner after worm burner. It's terrible. Really? It's just terrible. And you're you're trying. I hit hit some. I hit some great iron shots the other day. Great iron shots. Probably the best iron shots I've hit since I started playing. Chipping, putting, no issue. Driver is just so bad. I just gotta. I gotta. I gotta go for a lesson for the driver. I didn't go for a lesson for the driver. I just and I started with lessons with wedge iron. I have to I have to go for a lesson with the driver because there's something in my setup. There's something completely, completely screwed up with it. I got to I got to get it fixed because it's embarrassing because you got to figure yeah. I go out on the tee box. Now I can get it off the tee. You're 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 six, eight. Yes. I'm six, seven, 265 pounds in pretty decent shape. So for me not to be able to hit the ball off the tee is like for 250 yards is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I should yeah. be driving the ball minimally to 240, 250. And uh, that's not the case, not even close. So I got to get that adjusted. But other than that, I, I love golf. But it is the wor- it is the most frustrating, most most difficult thing I've ever undertaken by a wide margin. By a wide margin, I I, I, I you know got a master's degree, went back to school, did all this post grad work. This that was nothing compared to golf. Nothing, oh, nothing. Yeah. I would go back for a doctorate before I'd ever be able to do uh, be be good at golf. Golf is just so insanely difficult. It's insane. I will tell you the other day, uh, you know, I was three over through nine, uh, feeling nice. very good about myself. And yeah. that happened. And I drove a ball out of bounds and had ended up taking a double bogey on one hole. So I was, I was feeling it. And I went out to the range today after my round, after I played another nine uh, and worked on it. The driver is very difficult. I got to have the alignment sticks. I kept pushing the ball. Like I had to get alignment sticks to make sure that like, okay, I got to make sure. Cause I'm like, why is it going right? It just turned out my feet were my feet were pointed in the wrong direction. So it is a very frustrating game, but it was very delightful to have you here tonight. Where can everybody follow you? Where can everybody find you? If they're not, I'm sure they are already. Yeah, I uh, follow me any platform at Bear Down Cuz Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, and that's where we are. All right, so go out there, check them out. Make sure you're following along. We'll have them back on the show, of course, before the season starts. Uh, but thanks again for being here. Carmen Vitale should be joining us next week. I think if not, uh, we'll find another guest cause we always do, but until that time, thanks so much for being here and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Adam rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcasts.